15. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the life, for the joy, for the um, illumination that are in your word. And I pray that you would be heavy in this place today and that you would speak to our hearts and we would receive in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Last week we looked at the predicament of, uh, of those who stray, and this week we look at the predicament of those who stay, because there is a predicament even, even in that. Uh, those who are in the Father's house and, and, and perhaps have never left can, can fall into just as destructive attitudes without even noticing it, because they are in the Father's house, and they kind of look around and go, well, you know, I'm here, I'm where I'm supposed to be. You know, everything is, uh, I, am, I am here. And physically, they are. But in their heart, they've turned away and don't even notice it because of the uh, atmosphere that is around them. Because as I said last week, the distant country is not a geographical location. Some, some may appear to stay, but appearances can be deceiving. Uh, two or three weeks ago, we talked about don't judge by mere appearances. And so the prodigal comes home and, uh, and dad is throwing a party over it. And Big Bubba comes onto the scene. And he, uh, you know, life can be hard. I understand that. And I also understand that different people are wired different ways. You know, some people are wired in such a way as to just, they're wired. And then, you know, there are other people who are wired in such a way as to almost not have a pulse. But at the same time, uh, there, it, life is hard, but there's a time for everything, regardless of how you're wired. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3.1, to everything there's a season, a time to every purpose under heaven. And, you know, for those who, who love to rejoice, there is a time to cry. And for those who, who, uh, who, who love to be catatonic, there is a time to, to dance. The older brother comes and... Uh, the party's available, but he's not interested. You see, there are those who never go into the party and who tend to despise those who do, tend to look down on those who do. The older, and also the, other bro, the older brother doesn't check it out directly. And, and let me just, in passing, kind of regress here for a moment and say, you know, if you've got a problem with something that's going on in the house, you should go to the source of the problem. 
Apparently, it's really speaking to this side of the room. <laughs> you should go to the source of the problem. Maybe, uh, you know, rather than going to getting your information secondhand, what is going on here? Because, you know, once, the, once the, uh, the servant told him what was going on there, you know he gave the servant an earful. Because somebody went in and told dad. Somebody, somebody went in and said, he, he's upset. Hey, you know, something's going on with him. You know? And it's not like I'm daddy, but as a pastor, I, I, I hear, you know, so-and-so is upset. And, you know, and I just want to say, what is that to me? They didn't talk to me. Can't help anybody who won't talk to you. Anyway, um, the father came out to him and the older brother unloaded on him. And what he said revealed his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I want to look at five things that he said very quickly. One of the things he said is, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Last week we saw that the father is not looking for slaves. And even the, even the prodigal knew that. I mean, even the prodigal came and he said, you know, I'm, I, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But he wasn't planning on saying, make me a slave. He was planning on saying, give me a job. You know, let me, let me at least be a hired hand. I, I, I can do that. The older brother, on the other hand, had this, had this, his relationship with the father was a slave mentality. Which isn't a very cozy relationship to say the least our value does not come from what we do our value comes from who we are and that 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 is so important to know Um, the older I get the more I realize that it's not what you know it's who you know really is when I was uh, before I went into ministry I worked for the Social Security Administration and there was this old center who worked there and I was the young center working there, and he was the old center working there. And he, he would, he, he'd come in, and he always had a tendency to start off every morning with, what do you know? And, you know, and, and I just, what I wanted to say was, I know that you're a sinner, Bill. I know you need God. Get on your knees, brother. You're going to hell. And, uh, but for some reason, I just couldn't say that. And it's a good thing that I didn't say that, because probably wouldn't have helped much and the truth of the matter is I didn't know what I knew but you know but I finally resolved that the right answer to the question what do you know is was it's not what you know it's who you know it really is I mean we're brought up in a culture that has this myth of meritocracy and 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 you know to some extent yes it it is true that you uh, uh, you know if you work hard and you apply yourself then you can really get somewhere in life but it's a whole lot better to be Warren Buffett's son. Because you're already there. It's just that simple. And when we stand before God, there's not going to be a quiz. You know, he's not going to, he's not going to, find, it's not going to be a sword drill. We're not going to get out our Bibles. He's, you know, he's not going to go, okay, you want to get in here? Recite the books of the Bible in order. Yeah. I mean, it's good to be able to do that. I can do that. But that, that won't get me in. 
what's going to happen is the father will turn to the son and say, you know this guy? You know this guy? And if he says, yeah, I know that one, then it's, oh, come on in. And if he goes, I, 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 I never knew you. And so what we do, I'm not saying it's not important, but that's not what gets us there. That's not where our value and our worth comes from. It, 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 it's who we are. And this is not an invitation to, to not do anything, I mean, but an invitation to be free from the tyranny of works. Paul wrote to the Galatians and he said, are you so foolish? After be, beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? You got saved because the Holy Ghost ran after you and, and wooed you into the kingdom and baptized you into the body of Christ. And so now you're going to finish the job, are you? I don't think so. Out at uh, Weary, when they first started working out there, and I think they still have these t-shirts now. The t-shirts that they have had this big slogan on them. It says, to love is to serve. And that is so true, but the reverse isn't. To serve is not necessarily to love. There are lots of reasons why people serve that have nothing to do with love whatsoever. Some serve out of a sense of guilt. Some serve out of, a, out of a, 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 an attempt to advance themselves. Some serve to undercut the person they're serving. Yeah. It starts with love because love always serves always flows out of love and so anyway the the, the older brother's going I've, I've been slaving for you all these years well that's the problem it's a big part of the problem so why you won't go to the party but that's not all he said he said you never even gave me a young goat So it seems that his slaving was motivated by a desire for reward. It always is. Sometimes we, we, we slave to gain favor, which cannot be gained by any amount of service, by any amount of work. It can only be received as a free gift. These, uh, it, it, it connects here. The, I, I love... When uh, I love the way Justin and Brad do the offering because they've got it. They've been sitting under some good teaching. And, uh, but they've got it. But especially when they get up here and go, you know what? You, it, it, this is not an investment program. It's not a matter of you put your $10 in and you'll get $100 back this month. Uh, and you might even get 1000 back. You might get 100 fold back. I think 100 times 10 is 1000 you, you might get, no, that's not the way. You, you give because you love and because you're obedient. And God will take care of it. God, God will take care of you. That, that's the other side of it. But he might not take care of it the way you think he's going to. This uh, last month, Margaret and I went on a vacation. And we went on a tour. That's the first time we've ever done a tour. Because we've never thought of ourselves as tour people. Because we're independent. And we like to, you know, rent the car and decide where we're going to go and do all this stuff. And, uh, and one of the things I discovered as I look back at, at the pictures was I saw how happy and how relaxed we look. 
I went, what's that all about? And then I realized all we had to do was be there. All we had to do was show up. And that's kind of the way the life of a tither is. You know, it's it's, it's not my responsibility now to make this happen. I've done, I've, I've obeyed God, and so he's got it. He's in control. Doesn't mean I don't go to work. It doesn't mean I don't do anything. It doesn't mean that I, that, that I, that I don't, uh, what, what am I trying to say here? It, it doesn't mean that I can't mess it up by my greed and my desires. Because you might not get the car you want. You, you might not get the house you want. But you get what you need. He, he takes care of it. And, and, and that smile and that peace and that, that's worth something. But anyway, let's go back to the beginning of this parable. You never even gave me a young goat. Back at verse 12, it says that when the younger brother came and asked for his inheritance, that he divided the property between them. He'd given him his inheritance. The father not only gave to the prodigal, he gave to the older brother. There are many who don't realize what has been given to them. It's sitting there. Where is it? Where is it? It's right there. But where is it? Well, it's like right there. Yeah, well, but where is it? Some don't realize because they're looking for something else. They're they're looking for that material rush that that material gain or or for something else and that's not necessarily always what it's going to be and let's you know let's just jump straight to the big one god heals yes he does but what if he doesn't we have eternal life that's the big one I mean, seriously, Jesus, yes, by his stripes, I'm healed and I'm, and I'm glad I'm healed. But if I have a choice between being healed and living with God in heaven, you know, Paul said it's better by far for me to just go on and be with the Lord. I mean, that'd be, that'd be the best thing for me. Now I'm going to stay here for you and because I think that's what God wants me to do. But and you know, the older I get, I mean, I'm not looking to check out soon. Okay. I got a pretty wife. And a nice, live in a nice place, and I get all the hamburgers I want. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy here. But the older I get, the more I realize that, man, it's going to be cool to see what's on the other side of this curtain. You know, it, it, that, that's, that's not something to be afraid of. Uh, I don't think I've probably seen anything like the throne of God. I don't think I've probably really seen anything like the face of Jesus. And, you know, I I bet there's no acid indigestion in heaven. (laughs) Or no sore knees. You know, uh, jump, 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 jump in the river. Uh, uh, We got a couple people who can really jump. Um, Jasper Emberton puts the lie to the phrase, white men can't jump. Because he can get up there. Buddy. And then and then we got Tina. And now but Tina's kind of cheating because when she jumps up, she bends her she bends her legs and so it looks like she's going higher than she is. 
And I thought, well, that's cheating. I can do that. And then I, I began to get airborne and started to bend my legs and realized, no, I can't do that either. Uh-uh. No, let's just, let's just stay here. But on the other side. And you, and you know, some, we, we know it. Some realize it, but they just simply can't believe it. There was, uh, there was a gal who used to attend church here. She's gone on to be with the Lord now. Her name is Kathy Manzer. And Kathy had, uh, she was born blind. She had several real serious bouts with cancer. She had diabetes. She had um, kidney issues. I mean, just everything. And the Lord did some incredible things in her life. He, he, he touched her eyes and, uh, where she could see. She, he uh, brought her through several times with cancer where they went, this isn't going to happen. You know, you're not going to make it. Uh, and she did eventually go on to be with the Lord. But I, I would talk with her, but she, she had been brought up in a situation where she it was very legalistic and she just had a lot of fear. She said, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to die. I said, Kathy, Kathy, you don't need to be afraid to die. Jesus died for you. You have eternal life. A lot of times it's hard for us to, to really believe that. So anyway, the, the older brother says, you never gave me a, even so much as a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Who were these friends? Apparently, the father was not one of them. Because he had ample opportunity to celebrate with him. And obviously his brother wasn't one of them because all he had to do is walk in the door and he could do that. Different words were the only difference really between these two boys because both of them were saying, do you remember what I said the essence of the prodigal spirit is? The essence of the prodigal spirit is I want to live my life without reference to you. And even though the older brother didn't physically leave, he clearly wanted to live, if he was going to have a good time, it was going to be somewhere where the father wasn't around. And then he goes on to say, but when this son of yours comes home, you kill the fattened calf. Now, follow me here. If I claim that someone is my father, but his other son is not my brother, then what am I really? I mean, if I go, if I go well, he's my father, but you're not my brother. How does that compute? How, how does that work out family-wise? The first question that man asks God is, am I my brother's keeper? And the answer is, yes, you are. Uh, to which we would probably shoot back, well, then who's my brother? Well, who's your neighbor? <laughs> your brother is anybody who, <laughs> after the, after the uh, uh, Ponder on Friday night, I was talking to Robert and Carol. They go to a little church uh, up at, toward Nashville, and they just love that church. And they were saying, you know, our, it's just so wonderful. We've got people in that church who are, 
who are extreme right-wingers, and we've got people in the church who are extreme left-wingers, and they all go to church together. It's a wonderful thing. And I said, yeah, we've got that too. I just have to not let some of them know that there are others in the church who fall into that category. But, it, but we do, and it's, and it's a wonderful thing to have that because something bigger that connects us. There's something bigger that we are, that we are a part of. And, you know, po- politics is, is one of the things that divides us. And what a s- silly thing that would be to, to have, have divide us. Uh, but sometimes it's over doctrine, doctrinal kind of things. Back in, the, uh, back in the 70s and 80s in particular, it's gotten a lot better now. But in particular, back in those days, the division in the church between those who spoke in tongues and believed in the gifts of the Spirit and those who didn't, that was, it was pretty serious stuff. It was, it was pretty bad. Pretty reminiscent of uh, 1 Corinthians and where Paul said, my brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. And still another, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was, was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? And he goes on to say to them, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are worldly, as mere infants in Christ because of the way that you, because of the way that you act with each other. I grew up in a... Uh, uh, in a Pentecostal church, we were fairly legalistic, and and I say fairly, I, fairly, and uh, but very Pentecostal, and you know we didn't. Uh, my, my, the people in the church loved the Lord, and my and my mom and dad loved the Lord. We just didn't love the Baptist. And actually, it wasn't that we didn't love the Baptist. We just had our doubts about them. I mean, some of them smoke cigarettes. And they think they're going, and you know, and, and you only had to get saved once in that church. What's up with that? And they had their doubts about us. Those people are crazy. It's just a bunch of emotional stuff that they're going after. I mean, can't they just go to church? Be quiet. And I won't even tell you about some of the other groups and what we, what we thought about them. But the truth of the matter is, you know, we can say this son of yours all you want to. But later on, we're going to hear the father say this brother of yours. And then the last thing he said, squandered this, this son of yours who's taken all, all your money and squandered your property with prostitutes. How did he know that? The Bible doesn't say what the prodigal did. I mean, it said he squandered it with wild living, but it didn't say anything about prostitutes. There's all kinds of wild living you can do. Yeah, they had, without going there. Um, and even if the Bible had said it, the older brother hadn't read it because New Testament hadn't been written yet. What he was really saying is, 
That's what I would do. That, that's, that's what I want to do. If I, if I had all that money and all that freedom, that's where I'd go. The, the thing that we are the hardest on in others is almost invariably the thing that's in our hearts. I mean, when we really come down on a particular group, a particular um, action that other people do, most of the time all we're doing is revealing our own hearts and, what, and what's really there. You know, and, and, I, and I know I can say that and some people can kind of go, I don't like what you just said. Well, I don't like it either, but it's, I, I know in my heart it's true. And I know in your heart it's true. I just don't know what the issue is that you, that you jump on people about. You don't know what motivates others. When I was in the fourth grade, my, uh, I had a wonderful lesson happen in my life. It was, it was just terrible, but it was wonderful, ultimately. So in the fourth grade, my mother was my fourth grade teacher. We, the school was so small that you only had one fourth grade. So if you were going to be in the fourth grade, you... You know, I, I got her. And it all happened on the day that Billy Thomas stole my lunch. And I raised a ruckus about it. I let everybody in the class know that Billy Thomas had stolen my lunch. And the reason that I really knew he had stolen my lunch was because when I said, Billy Thomas, you stole my lunch, Billy Thomas, who was a big, he was a big kidder big teaser and he was kind of the class clown and everything when i go you stole my lunch you go no i didn't you know and i went you're smiling i know what i know that what that means it means you're it means you did it and i was mad almost as mad as i was when i got home and saw my lunch sitting on the counter And you know what happened the next day? <laughs> I mean, you know, I ate crow for lunch the next day. Uh, my mother saw to it in front of the class. See, I thought I knew what was in his heart. I, I, I know him. I know what that expression means. No, you don't. You don't know what's inside of other people. So I was saying a couple of weeks ago, you know, if someone comes and brings a message, I'll judge the message. I don't judge the messenger. The, 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 the message might be off and yeah, they might be from the pit of hell and they've been sent by the devil to mess things up. But it also me, might be that they're just, you know, confused, lost people trying to find their way. I mean, I, I've never had that experience, but, uh, you know, perhaps some of you have. That's sarcasm alert. Yeah. Because <laughs> some of you were sitting there going, yes, you have. <laughs> This son of yours has gone and squandered your property with prostitutes. And let me just say one thing, because I'm getting ready to go and, and spend, spend about 10 minutes here talking about this magnificent father. Uh, Diane, that word was so right on today. You, you're my children. I love you. This, this, is, this is my family. You're, you're my children. You're, my sisters, my brothers. Yeah, it was so right. 
So the father comes out, this magnificent father, and he, and he comes out and he pleads with the older brother. Now let me tell you, there, there, there are few things in this world more disgusting than a spoilt child. And especially one that's full grown. And that's what he's, and that's what he's got here. That, that's that's what, he's, what he's dealing with here. And yet he comes out and he pleads with him. You see, God sees deeper than we do. Did the father already know that these things were in, were in this boy's heart? Of course he did. He, he knew what was there. First Chronicles 28, 9, For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. And then he comes out and he pleads with him. Hmm. Over in 2 uh, Chronicles chapter 5, verse 20, says this, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. As though the Father were talking through us, we implore you, we beg you, we plead with you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. What an incredible thing. Here is this God who has only loved us and sacrificed for us and given us everything and, and, and made a way freely to come into relationship with us. And time after time, we've spurned him and refused to go to his party and rebelled against him. And, and you know, if we're going to have fun. We're going to go do it with our friends. You know? And here's, here's this God saying, please, please come into a relationship with me. Please don't be this way. Come on, get, get, get over it. Let me bring you into wholeness. What kind of God is this? What, what, what kind of father is this? The father says to him, three things. All I have is yours. Everything that I have is yours. We've already noted that the father had already divided the estate. It just so happens that in this case, the estate was infinite and is infinite. As, as I've said numerous times, just because somebody else gets something doesn't mean there's less for you. There's infinite for them. There's infinite for you. Infinite is infinite. It, it absolutely is. And so Paul says over in 1 Corinthians 3, 21, 22, so then no more boasting about human leaders, no more divisions or separations. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all things are yours. And you are of Christ and Christ is of God. And we have a tendency to kind of go, well, if all things are mine, you know, what does that mean? Righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Ghost, redemption, salvation. You know, we, we kind of tend to write, well, you know, that Maserati's not mine. That Maserati is, will be a pile of dust someday. It, it's, you know, you ever try to get one of those things fixed? Half of us don't even know that, that they exist. I mean, and the mechanics for sure don't. And what is that compared to the things that God has given us and freely given us? And, and, it's, and it's ours. 
beauty, love, joy. The father said, you are always with me. See, the reason all things are ours is because God is ours. That's what it boils down to. He, he doesn't have a great treasure. He is the great treasure. And if we try to find it somewhere without him, we'll discover that it's bogus. But when we, when we, just, when we just take him in, I mean, what, what's the biggest one of all? Hey? Eternal life right? I mean, that's, that's the thing. And, and you know, we're not, when we say eternal life, you know, I've, I've said this before, but let's go there again. That's not just eternal existence. That's not just going on and on and on and on and on and on. And you live forever and ever and never stop, and never stop. And the longer you live, the, the, the shorter you can jump and the less you can bend your knees. No, it's the same quality of life that God has. In his presence is the fullness of joy. In his right hand are blessings forevermore. God never gets bored. The, the, one, the one thing that you'll never hear God say is, I don't know what you want to do. <laughs> That's eternal life. And it also never stops, never stops. It just gets better and gets better. It gets better and gets better because he's infinite. Now, Jesus defines eternal life over in John 73. This is eternal life, to know you, the only true God, Jesus Christ whom you have sent. You know, eternal life, we need to readjust our thinking. It isn't, it isn't getting somewhere, someplace, sometime. It is to know God. Because that's when we enter into that fullness of joy. That's when we, that's when we enter into that, that peace. That's when we enter into that infinity that he is. And the Father said, you're always with me. You didn't leave. I'm here. However... We had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found. You know, we celebrate over the silliest stuff. You know, somebody wins a Super Bowl and we're happy. You know, somebody wins a World Series and we're happy. Somebody um, wins a spelling bee and we're happy. You know, that's great. That's great. That's a good thing to celebrate over. When Arwen was two years old, she had spinal meningitis. Some of you know that. And the first five days she was in the hospital, she was totally dead to the world. Didn't, never gain, never regained consciousness. Never, those of you who don't know, Arwen's our oldest daughter. Uh, never spoke, didn't move. Except when you moved her. But on the sixth day, she woke up. <laughs> and it was time to rejoice. Let me just tell you, when we're talking about life from death, we're talking about it, and that's the rejoicing time. 
bring on the bring on the balloons, you know, bring on the cabbage patch dolls and 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 let's have some chocolate milk, you know. Let's get this let's get this party going. Here. Yeah. We didn't know she was going to make it, but she did. And that's that's how the father feels. Jesus says there's more rejoicing in heaven over one who comes to repentance and over 99 who don't need repentance. That doesn't mean that he doesn't love those 99. It just means that they're invited to the party. You know, when I, when I, was, uh, when I was in my 20s and I, and I came back to the Lord, I remember, you know, you got to walk that aisle. And, uh, you know, and in those days it wasn't like, now whoever, y'all just come, whatever your need is. No, it was, yes, I see that hand, you know, now stand, you know. Everybody look at them, you know, come on down here. You know, the devil's just telling you, oh, everybody, they know about you now, buddy. You know, you're just having to come and go, I was wrong. You people are right. I'm going to do better. <laughs> but that's not it at all. That's not it at all. When, 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 when you come, there's joy. Our, our dad knows when to celebrate and how to celebrate. What a father. You know, next, uh, next Sunday is Father's Day. I'm just saying that for those of you who need to shop. <laughs> and, uh, and that's a rough day for a lot of people. Because a lot of people have daddy issues. But this magnificent father is yours. He's yours. Maybe your earthly father couldn't live up to that. I, I know I, I didn't bat. I don't know what, I don't even want to know what my batting average was. But this magnificent father is yours. Would you stand? For those who are going to pray with people, uh, come forward. And if you're here and you need, you need prayer, you come and you may be a prodigal. You may be a, a, a stay-at-home prodigal. Who's, you may be a, a judgmental person. Or you may have any, any number of other issues because this is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard world. Uh, you come. Uh, the Father's arms are open. His abilities are infinite his resources are infinite this last week uh, Josh went to have his uh, last exam before they did the before they do the transplant to be sure he could he could handle heart and kidney transplant and he said we prayed for him in the, in the gate because he said man they say this is going to be painful so you know we said well let's just let's just let's pray about that you know, he came up to me this morning. He said, I had it. I'm cleared. And it didn't hurt at all. Yeah. Now, you know, God's God and he's good whether it hurts or doesn't hurt. But he's infinite. Whatever you need, you come. And if you, if you don't need to come, worship with us for a little while. Set up an atmosphere so your brothers and your sisters can receive ministry. Give myself away so you can use.
Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who sent his son into the world so that we might be redeemed who speaks through us and says be reconciled please to God may that spirit be alive in you may it may it trump all of your prejudices trump all of your your ill will and may it pour out of you as the love of Christ to a dying world through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.